Welcome to Utilizing Tech, the podcast about emerging technology from Gestalt IT. This season of Utilizing Tech focuses on edge computing, which demands a new approach to compute, storage, networking, and more. I'm your host, Stephen Foskett, organizer of Tech Field Day and publisher of Gestalt IT. Joining me today as my co-host is Brian Chambers. Hey, I'm Brian Chambers. Um, I lead the enterprise architecture practice for Chick-fil-A. We do a lot of work at the edge. Um, I write about technology at brianchambers.substack.com. And as for me, you can find me as the host, of course, of uh, Utilizing Tech, but also of uh, the On-Premise IT podcast, as well as the weekly Gestalt IT News Rundown. So Brian, you and I uh, participated in Edge Field Day recently. Uh, we also, of course, have been uh, talking about planning for this particular podcast series here, Utilizing Edge. And uh, one of the things that came up is the fact that the edge is, um, well, one of the things that makes the edge, especially retail edge, very different is the fact that, you know, it's not that sort of regimented uh, top-down traditional corporate architecture. In many cases, you've got different people, different demands, different constituencies, different applications, all sorts of differences in terms of who's doing what and why. And we've got to figure out how we deal with all these people, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the the edge has a whole different group of stakeholders who are uh, dependent on its services. And uh, on top of that, there's a number of people that we're used to having available in an IT environment, in a data center, even people who work on services in the cloud where they're usually more developer accessible um, that we just don't have at the edge. So in like my environment at Chick-fil-A, the people we have in our environment where the edge lives are people who work on prepping food and cooking things and serving customers. But we don't have anyone there who has that traditional IT skill set. We don't have system administrators. And it's not really viable for us to do a model where we have to deploy them across 2,800 plus restaurants uh, across our chain in order to resolve issues. So it's very different and uh, brings a whole new set of challenges uh, that's different as a result. Yeah, one of the things I think that came up at Edgefield Day when we were talking to Mako Networks was not the necess- the specifics around the networking, which is great by all means, but the the fact that you need different um, connections, different solutions, different ways of connecting with different applications back to, uh, I guess, uh, different motherships. Um, and, and it's all very, very confusing. Uh, that's why we wanted to bring in Simon Gamble from uh, Mako Networks here to talk to us on utilizing Edge. Um, Simon, this is one of the things you brought up in the Edge Field Day presentation. Uh, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Thanks, everybody, for joining us today. So we, as, as I said, uh, you know, you talked about this. And again, the, the, the interesting angle here is that it wasn't really a technology angle so much as an organizational angle thing, um, a, a unique aspect of, of retail at the edge. Uh, tell us kind of what you told us then and, and let's talk about it. Yeah, sure. Distributed retail enterprises have their own unique challenges. Um, they're often very, very large organizations and they're often franchised. Uh, and the franchise groups themselves can sometimes be as big, if not bigger than the, the main retail brand. Um, they have their own desires and wants for the technologies being deployed at their edge, um, as well as the the desire that may conflict with the desires that the brand has for the uh, for the technology at the edge. So, being able to accommodate all parties in these pretty complicated environments is really important to have a su- successful technology deployment, 
um, and to be able to give people the flexibility to use the technology for the purposes they wish. But really, at the end of the day, still still adhering to to a brand standard that is often primarily aimed at protecting customer data at the edge. Yeah, I uh, I completely agree with you. I think it's a very interesting dynamic, and it probably depends a lot on the business that we're talking about, right? Like um, if you have the the big franchisee in a retail world that maybe is very particular about what they want to spend on technology and um, what their footprint is going to look like, what they're willing to do. Um, and then you have a new set of capabilities you want to introduce, but it's across a very heterogeneous environment. Um, that's going to be challenging. So how do you bring an appropriate degree of standardization to that? Um, are there solutions that you've seen in particular uh, that you've been really happy with? Um, that question, I guess, to either one of you. Uh, is there stuff out there that you've seen that you feel like starts to solve that problem, maybe by bringing uh, a, a good balance between giving autonomy decision-making to uh, a franchisee or a, a location owner while still bringing enough standardization to actually build some sort of platform or something that's useful um, that doesn't have that Wild West feel, that doesn't have all the concerns and, and challenges of uh, almost everything is different in every single footprint. Um, what have you guys seen that is doing that and places maybe where they've been successful applying that sort of pattern? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm going to come from a pretty one-sided perspective, and that is, that's obviously the Mako one, because we do deploy technology like that. And I, I think I think the key is segmentation. Um, and, you know, another issue that we that we see at these at these big uh, distributed retail enterprises um, that I didn't already mention is often these franchisees own different brands within the same industry as well. Uh, if you're in um, oil and gas, these big franchise groups will own uh, different brands of gas stations. If you're in quick serve restaurants, they'll, they'll own different um, QSR brands across their own estate. And we believe the way to do it is through segmentation. So properly segmenting the areas of the network that are important to the franchisee uh, from the areas that are important to the brand. And that allows the brand to get their standard uh, deployed properly uh, in the parts of the network that matter to them. Um, and, it, and it leaves uh, the rest of the network that matters to the uh, franchisee uh, to be under their control. And, you know, if I were to overly simplify things, I would say typically uh, it's point of sale and front of house networks that the brand wants to keep under control. And it's typically back office networks that the franchise groups want to keep under control. Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned this, Simon, because it really is almost a matrix here where you have um, multiple owners, um, multiple brands multiple franchisees, and of course, multiple applications. Because part of your segmentation discussion as well was the fact that, you know, your payment processing system really needs to be segmented from your inventory control system or your HR system yeah. um, for legal, technical reasons. Um, but also, as you mentioned, I think that this is really key for organizational reasons, because it's very possible that uh, the franchisee might have their own payment processor that they need to use across their various locations, whether it's restaurants or retail. Um, and, and I think that this is something that is very different about Edge. And, and those of us who are listening to this, who come from more of an enterprise background, may be kind of looking at this in terms of, oh, well, so there's different application owners, there are different groups within the companies, different stakeholders within the companies. So we can kind of see where this is coming from. But to those people, um, I'm just gonna say, uh, hang on, because you cannot imagine, I think, how different it is when, you know, at, at the end of the day, all those people have the same boss. 
And at the end of the day, all these people don't have the same boss. Yeah. And and I think that's a very very big change. Yeah. I mean, and those people often have multiple bosses. I mean, if you're if you're a franchisee, in some ways the brand is your boss, but also your own organization is your boss. So you're reporting to multiple people and you're trying to achieve multiple things. Uh, as you said, Stephen, enterprises are typically net, segmenting networks up primarily based around security. Um, I want to keep my credit card data off my VoIP network, for example. But in a in a distributed retail enterprise, you're also segmenting because of different organizations, different applications. So the decision and, and the choice of how to how to segment is much more complicated. Um, and you need to leave yourself the flexibility to make modifications over time. As new technologies come along, as you're wanting to do different things in, in the retail environment, if you're wanting to connect the store to different applications, either in the cloud or in physical data centers, you can't paint yourself into a corner on day one um, because you, you, technologies, technology delivers amazing things to retail and retail customers and and brands and franchisees need to leave themselves open to be able to adapt to new technologies and bring them into their environment when they want to also to keep them out um, you know in some in some markets uh, there's a lot of third-party uh, app providers that will try and go around the brand and put their own technology into a retail location um, uh, to, to cater to things like home delivery uh, maybe advertising menus online and the brand might not want that so giving the brand the power to stop that stuff from happening to stop them from being circumvented by a third party is also important um, so yeah point being distributed retail is really really tough because there's so many different people involved yeah it occurs to me that some of that stuff they may actually want too and and i i, I know again this is one of those unusual aspects of uh, retail stores especially a lot of them have sort of sub-tenants where they'll have, you know, uh, maybe it's a different company that owns the pharmacy or maybe it's a different company that owns the, well, certainly the, the Starbucks or the, yeah. you know, but even um, even things like uh, display. And, and I've even heard of, of situations where it's sort of like a different company supplies the dairy and frozen foods than supplies the, you know, boxed foods or things like that. I mean, so you as a consumer think, oh, I'm going to such and such store, but instead you're walking in and encountering almost a mall of different yeah. of different things yeah. with different agreements. Uh, like you said, certainly a, 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 the, the brand may not want that, but they also might want that and they might want to enable that. And so that's kind of the flip side of this. Do you, do you see that as well, where where yeah. brands are coming to you and saying, look, we have to allow this completely different company access to the same connectivity, the same physical locations, uh, we have to be able to to make that happen, uh, but we don't want it to touch us. Yeah, I mean the example you gave of pharmacy is 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 a great one. So you know most main major pharmacy chains, the pharmacy is different from the rest of the store, and the pharmacy might only be a really small part of the store. So there's two separate businesses under one roof. Uh, you see that all the time. Gas stations the same. Um, they might have a, a a quick serve restaurant or a sandwich shop or a coffee shop in there. And that's a completely separate business uh, run by different different organizations with different IT needs. Um, sometimes with uh, like with the pharmacies, that, that separation is decided ahead of time. Um, and, it, you know, it's part of their business. Other other times, it's, it's just something that a, a franchisee puts in there and the main brand has to accommodate it. So, yeah, gets even more complicated. Um, 
but yeah, if if uh, if you choose technologies that that can accommodate that type of uh, scenario, then not wanting to repeat myself, but you're not painting yourself into a corner. Um, so for the and, and most of these brands know this; they're used to it. They've been working in it all day, every day. It's just hard to find technologies that can accommodate them, because technologies that are typically aimed at an enterprise often try and squeeze themselves into a distributed enterprise and in particular distributed retail enterprise and they don't fit they're different products for different different needs yeah i think you're we're starting to touch on something i think is interesting about the edge that we maybe haven't gotten into as much which is the different degrees to which uh the edge requires multi-tenancy right and and obviously we've talked about segmentation a bit that's where that becomes valuable but multi-tenancy is very interesting because in kind of one extreme, um, say to the far left, you've got cases uh, that are actually similar to ours, where we kind of own our environment um, holistically in a restaurant. We can do kind of whatever we want with it. And we have multiple tenants, but they're all internal teams that are building applications specifically for our business and for our restaurants. And so we have a lot of control over that. And we have certain things uh, that we don't have to be quite as concerned about from a security perspective because we own that environment outright. It's in our space, et cetera. Now, if we flip over to kind of the far right of the spectrum, you could have these environments where you have uh, two, three, four plus different businesses all sharing some degree of infrastructure, possibly for a compute for these workloads. Uh, and that raises a whole new set of challenges, which is really interesting. Um, in addition to segmentation, what are you guys seeing in that space? And, and what are you finding interesting in terms of uh, challenges and solutions that exist? Yeah, well, I mean, segmentation is key. Um... Sending data to to different locations for processing, as, as well as doing it at the edge, is is we see as um, uh, something that's growing. Um, data processing uh, for both information purposes and monetization are things are things we're seeing uh, in different industries. Um, the point of sale data that traditionally has really just been used for accounting purposes in 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 big retail is now being used for monetization. If you're thinking, think of think grocery or convenience stores, um, for example, uh, there's limited shelf space and they're supplied by these big consumer packaged goods companies that want sales data because it allows them to do things uh, like modify packaging and see, see what sort of impact it has uh, at locations, getting locations to put product on different shelf areas and seeing what impact that, that has. But they can't get real-time information. Um, without paying the retailer for that for the data out of their POS systems. And for, from a retailer's perspective, they can, they can get quite good revenue from, from selling that data. There's obviously concerns and cautions that need to be taken around um, sending too much information and sharing too much information. But that's an example I see that I think is quite interesting for a lot of retailers um, for sending data away from the edge in a, and it needs to be done in a secure manner. Then there are other really smart things that I see being done at the edge uh, by analyzing video. So most retail locations have lots of video cameras around and uh, that information is really heavy. It's, it's a, it's a, there's a big data cost to sending that into the cloud for, for analysis. So you can do, do the compute at the edge and you can then send just the data streams into the cloud for uh, combining information across multiple stores. And businesses can get a lot of really useful information about that. Um, if you think of a gas station, how many people never come in 
to the store. So how many people are in the forecourt? How many people come in the store? And of those people that come in, where do they walk in the store and what do they buy? And retailers can use information uh, from the video processing to see if I change my shelf layout, what happens? If I move things around, what happens? So they can get that information for themselves as well. Um, so it's two different types of data being processed in different places um, to the retailer and the brand's benefit. So I see those things uh, really starting to accelerate. And a lot of that is because the price of computing's come down. So retailers can afford to do that sort of stuff now. Whereas five years ago, it sounded like a great idea, but when, when priced up, it was, it was just too expensive. Um, and I think as compute uh, price, the price of compute continues to lower, um, businesses will be able to do a lot of really interesting things with data that they own that's theirs, um, both monetization-wise and in terms of getting information that helps their business. I think you hit a really great point there, Simon, about the uh, big data payloads and the potential to do things that are just not possible to do otherwise by shifting that compute to the edge. And I, I think you hit camera vision, which is a huge use case, but it just seems like we're going to live in a world where more and more of the things that are involved in every single business, be they retail, manufacturing, um, oil fields, whatever else the case may be, it's going to be a more and more rich data environment. And we're probably going to see more and more different types of uh, data sets that are very large, very big, you know, video image uh, intensive things. And I just think that is going to be a critical thing that we're able to leverage that uh, edge capability to do a lot of processing. We share the things that we need back to the cloud uh, and all is well there. But we can also uh, use those things operationally, which I think is a, a critical differentiation. We can use them in our business, uh, even if we're offline, when we have that compute at the edge. So I think you hit on something that's really big and important there that I'm seeing emerging a lot in the edge as well. Yeah, we see a lot of that video compute not only being used for um, analyzing customer flow and things, but also um, reducing in-house shrinkage. So if you can overlay POS data on top of a video stream, you can see if a uh, you know, if a, someone at a bar is pocketing money, um, you can you, you can see if someone's handing out too much change on a regular basis to people. There's a lot of stuff that you can you can do with that that um, makes it affordable to to keep an eye on things and and automates it at scale. As these big at, these businesses are, tend to be pretty large, and a lot of the industries we work in, the sort of the mum and dad stores. Are really going away for a lot of for a lot of these these big distributed retail enterprises um they used to be made up of a lot of little mum and dad companies um now we we see in all types of verticals that um that changing and um uh, a lot of these mum and dad businesses are either acquiring the other mum and dad businesses around them or um they're being acquired themselves and so that big data piece is just is getting bigger um and I have to say, like 10, 15 years ago, when that term big data started coming around, it, it kind of scared me a bit. I thought, man, how, 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 do people, how do people deal with this? And whilst I just said, hey, these guys are, are starting to um, combine and these companies are getting bigger, the, the price of compute coming down means that stuff is also open to, to smaller businesses. So small companies that are starting out that want to one day get big, that stuff's no longer off limits to them. You don't have to be a colossus organization to get benefit from this stuff. Um, but it, it, it makes it easy. It makes it, the price of computers making it easy for smaller businesses to get the benefits of this analysis. And it's also making it um, more efficient for large organizations to make sense of it. 
because the problem that bigger organizations had is so much data was going into places that you couldn't analyze it. You couldn't look at it. You couldn't understand it. Couldn't make sense of it too much. It's just falling out of the bucket. And um, for bigger organizations, they're now getting really clear pictures about what's going on. There's third-party companies starting to appear that'll do it for you. So you don't have to do it all yourself. If, you know, if your business is serving high quality fried chicken meals to customers that they really love, you don't necessarily have to be a data analysis uh, organization as well. In fact, you probably shouldn't. It's probably more efficient for you to for you to do some of it in-house. Um, but, you know, outsourcing stuff is is really important too. And, and organizations that are analyzing data at scale can often do it cheaper, faster, better than you can do things in-house, certainly in my opinion. So I want to um, bring in another application that we see a lot at retail, and that is location-based services. And um, and basically the, the collision of uh, uh, Wi-Fi, uh, for customers, for customer use, um, apps uh, and memberships, and uh, hyperlocation services, and we have seen this at our mobility field day events quite a lot, where companies are preparing solutions for retail, especially that are designed to basically, as you were just saying, Simon, with this whole big data um, and customer uh, customization, uh, custom experiences where businesses are are rolling out these solutions that would basically track people throughout the store. Um, yeah, I guess you could say that it's to improve customer experience, but we know that it's actually to improve uh, retail results, let's say that. Um, and and a lot of this stuff is is either handled, as you said, by a, a third party provider or is handled through um, basically, quote, free Wi-Fi. Um, is that something that you think is sharing the same infrastructure? And, and Brian, this is this is legit uh, question for you too. I mean, do you think that that stuff would be sharing the same infrastructure as point of sale, credit card processing, et cetera? Or do you think that this would be entirely separate infrastructure? I, I tend to think that uh, segmentation is key again. Um, I think it probably depends in, in some cases, uh, customer Wi-Fi might be sharing certain elements of uh, a network architecture, um, but then have some really clear uh, separation from things that are operational and, and business critical. And in other cases, it could be a completely separate uh, solution. Um, I know in the uh, United States, we have a ton of companies that they have services that are just offering customer Wi-Fi. So you could like partner with them and they'll take care of it, right? It might be a separate circuit even uh, that all that traffic is going over. I'm curious to see what uh, what Simon's seeing and thinking about, um, but I think no matter what the solution, whether it's separate or they're sharing, we'll go back to our uh, phrase of the show so far, which is segmentation is key. Uh, what do you think, yeah. Simon? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think at scale, you, you want to share as much as possible. Uh, it you know drives costs down significantly, but you need to segment. Um, you need to segment as appropriate. So guest Wi-Fi shouldn't be anywhere near point of sale, for example. But there's no reason it can't share the same equipment if it's as long as it's secure. Um, and you know, the, the bigger you get, the 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 more saving a dollar a month at each store across ten thousand locations makes a difference. You know, um, so uh, we see a lot of shared infrastructure. We deploy a lot of shared infrastructure. Um, I also want to point out, you're know, getting that data. I see a lot of demos from um, from new companies that are that are saying, "Hey, we can help you analyze customer flow through a store, and, and we might do that via 
um, having three Wi-Fi access points and triangulating where people are moving, et cetera, et cetera. And a lot of the time what's shown and what people bite on is watching that data live and in real time because it's kind of intriguing. But in reality, no one's going to be sitting there watching that stuff in real time. So you need to have an executive summary that comes out once a day, week, month, um, for it to actually be value to an, valuable to an organization. So yeah, I just say people need to be careful about looking at the, there's a very big difference between looking at a single site in real time for 10 minutes while someone's demoing technology to you versus looking at your entire estate in a way that you can actually make sense of. Yeah, what what sells and what works operationally are sometimes two very different things yeah, for sure. Yeah, exactly. But you know, if you can, um, it's an old it's an old story. But if you can get um, if you can get budget out of marketing to pay for an for an IT spend, uh, that can be good too. And that's that's why a lot of these things exist because if IT struggling for money and marketing's got a pile sitting there, then you know you can you can get some money out of them. But a lot a, a lot of those a lot of the marketing bells and whistles um, can't be utilized properly. Um, so people need to think about it. Yeah. And it is pretty scary to think about, um, basically crossing the streams and having, uh, guest Wi-Fi, uh, able to access, um, you know, important behind the scenes, uh, retail applications. Um, but that being said, I think that it's also inevitable that that's going to be happening, that they will share infrastructure. So I think that it requires extreme levels of security. Um, there was a, a highly publicized uh, situation of sort of a sitting in the uh, in the parking lot hacking over the Wi-Fi at a retail uh, company. Um, and, and that is not at all uh, uncommon. Um, you know, anyone who's been to DEF CON <laughs> knows about some of that stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I think that that, that it, 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 it's pretty scary from a technical perspective to think about um, crossing those streams. It's also scary, I think, from a consumer perspective to think about all this data that's being collected. But I don't think that we're gonna be able to be stuffed that genie in the bottle because of what you just said, Simon, which is, it kind of comes down to budgets and the way that these things are sold. I think a lot of um, a lot of companies look at um, you know localization and location-based services and um, customized ads and things like that as a way to basically make a lot of this edge IT pay for itself or even more uh, become a profit center. And um, and in many cases that's working. I think that if you look at some of these large retailers, many of them are making money. Uh, like real money, real profit off of the IT infrastructure they have in their stores nowadays, whether it's through uh, partner-based advertising, um, multiple tenants, uh, as we said, um, um, loyalty programs slash customer uh, location services, et cetera. Um, but it's not all bad. I think that also some companies are also using these to improve customer service and to make customers happy. Um, you know, I, I know that um, increasingly we're seeing uh, distributed purchasing where you can basically buy something from anywhere in the store um, and, and at um, restaurants as well. We're definitely seeing at quick serve restaurants a proliferation of self-service ordering, um, roving ordering, as I know, Brian, that you guys have have implemented as well, where people are ordering from places that you wouldn't think, you know, <laughs> from the driveway, from the, you know, outside Um and, and and that actually improves customer service. And I think that customers really appreciate those applications. So maybe maybe we can uh, 
<laughs> shift gears a little bit. Yes, some of this stuff is scary, but some of this stuff is helpful too, right? Yeah, I think it, ultimately it all has to be helpful. I mean, everybody in business, no matter what vertical you're in, is in business to make money. That's what business is about. But you know, your most important asset are, are people, whether it's internal people or customers that come back to you. So if you if you scare off your employees or your customers, you're not going to be making money in business for very for very long. So these things have a way of self repair. Um, you know, there are some dodgy people around that that come up with technologies that are that that maybe are more of a scam than than not. But they don't they don't last very long. And and anyone that's that's been in business for a decent period of time. Um, has, you know, knows you have to look after your customers and your employees. So, um, yeah, everybody needs to be aware. But as a as a consumer, speaking as a consumer, I'm not particularly worried about a lot of the stuff. I have uh, some cautious skepticism about a lot of technologies, but I think um, I think by and large, uh, these things are for the best. Yeah, I don't have the answer to this one, but I think we're in an interesting intersection where. Everybody wants uh, the best possible customer experience, which look across all businesses and there's almost always a digital, you know, mobile application or person using technology. There's some technology in the mix of that, like that value chain, that customer experience, whatever it looks like. So we're at the intersection of that where people are actually demanding that. That's, that's what people seem to want is convenience and, you know, fast service and all those kinds of things. Um, then we've got on the other side, uh, privacy and being able to respect uh, the wishes of people from a privacy perspective. There's a ton of laws about that, obviously, both, uh, you know, in Europe and the United States, among other places. So we've got these two sort of like uh, different ends of the spectrum. And then uh, ultimately, we have to figure out how do we mash those together, um, honor people's desires on both sides, and then still do what you're saying, Simon, which is still, you know, run a, run a business and hopefully still have a degree to where people can connect with other people in the service aspect. So I think it's a very interesting intersection. And those two spectrums, I think, are going to keep kind of butting heads with each other and, and running into each other a little bit uh, for a while. But, uh, but I do share your optimism that I think these are things that can be worked out over time. And, and I think there's ways to find solutions to respect both privacy and to meet that customer uh, service and customer experience expectation. Yeah, I agree, Brian. And I, it really sums up our conversation today um complication um you know for these big distributed retail enterprises the networks are complicated the solutions that are being delivered are complicated the considerations that everyone has to take about how this impacts internal and external people uh, coming into and out of the business um and i think uh if i had to summarize our conversation today and i've said this before on a couple of other uh conversations like this it's think think about what you want to do Think about all think about all of the inputs and outputs that you're wanting to do, and you'll come up. You'll you'll find a solution. Work with partners that that work with organisations like yours and have some experience. Um, talk to your talk to your own people that have done this before. Um, think about what you want to achieve, and you'll have a great uh, technology in your business. You'll have great edge. You'll have happy customers, and hopefully, you make more money. I think that's a great way to to wrap it up there, Simon. And and thank you so much for this conversation. Frankly, you've given us a lot to think about. And um, this, to me, again, was my takeaway from the Mako presentation from Edge Field Day. Yeah, it was great to learn about what the product does, but it was also, and I think maybe more valuable, to think about the unique aspects of these environments and how that demands a different solution. And it kind of comes down to it, you know, one, I guess uh, if I had sort of a, a thing that I'm always looking for with products, it's not about how cool the technology is. 
It's how, about how well the technology solves the, the, the specific challenges of a specific environment. And so that's why I think we need special purpose products, special purpose uh, solutions for edge. And we can't just throw in whatever worked in the data center, whatever worked in the campus, whatever worked in the cloud, whatever worked previously. We have to try to find a, a solution that meets the specific needs, whether it's multiple tenants under one roof, whether it's uh, the conflicting demands of uh, the brand versus a franchisee, whether it's uh, you know the, the 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 kind of data collection that's happening with consumers, uh, whether it's offering new solutions, new levels of customer service to those people, all of these things require specific new solutions. And so it's it's really been an interesting conversation. Um, before we go, Simon, um, where can we connect with you and continue this conversation on Edge? Well, um, you can find me, both me and Mako at, at LinkedIn, uh, also at makonetworks.com. Um, and there's some other discussions and things um, that you can find in the Gestalt IT Tech Notes series as well. Yeah, thanks. And we'll link to those in the show notes too. Um, Brian, is there anything new going on with you? Uh... Uh, nothing too much. I continue to do my normal weekly newsletter, uh, brianchambers.substack.com. Um, it's called the Chamber of Tech Secrets. So having a lot of fun with that and getting some good engagement uh, from the community. So love to have you follow me there. I'm also around on Twitter, uh, B-R-I-C-H-A-M-B, uh, and then on LinkedIn as well, Brian Chambers. Um, I got that name at least uh, among the others. So I'd uh, love to connect uh, with folks and talk more about this kind of stuff. Um, love all the things that are going on in the edge environment and all the unique problems that people are uh, working on solving there. Yeah, thanks, Brian and, uh, and Simon. And uh, thank you uh, for listening to Utilizing Edge. Uh, this is part of the Utilizing Tech podcast series. If you enjoyed this discussion, please do subscribe. You'll find us in all of your favorite podcast locations. You'll also find video of these um, on YouTube. Just go to YouTube slash Gestalt IT video and you can see those. Also, you might want to check out Tech Field Day and uh, specifically Edge Field Day, where we heard from Mako and we learned a little bit more about their specifics along with a bunch of other companies. And we'll be returning in July with another Edge Field Day event. This uh, episode is brought to you by GestaltIT.com, your home for IT coverage from across the enterprise. For show notes and more episodes, go to UtilizingTech.com or find us on Twitter or Mastodon at UtilizingTech. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thanks, everyone.